podcast about something where each week we dive deep into whatever it is we find interesting. I'm your host, Calvin, and joining me from the year 2146, it's your co-host, Nick Richardson. It's not as dope as I thought it would be. A lot of very, weird stuff going on in the future. Very fucking dirty. I, unimaginably so. Yeah, it's like uh, everybody who's designing the future just catered to the dreams of nerds. Right. And that's why all the women are pretty much just running around naked, screaming at the top of their lungs. <laughs> it's wild out here. It's like the strange, wild west. Strange. It's very. I, I don't know. I'm not a fan. Somehow we've somehow we've skyped across the chasm of over a hundred years, and I can see everything Nick's seeing here on his on his camera. So yeah, we know what's going on. It's a special camera that a genie dove into ten thousand years ago, and unfortunately. You know, I found it, so... All right, now that we're getting into genies, we probably just need to move on. No, no, we're just getting started. We are here to give out future movie superlatives. What is a future movie? It is any movie that is set significantly in the future from when it was made, not from now, because if you do it from now, then you'd have to disqualify Back to the Future 2, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Blade Runner, all these wouldn't qualify, but we're just saying they have to be in the future from when they were made, it has to be a vision of the future future from the filmmakers, uh, even if they technically take place in what is now our past. Yeah, totally. Did we create the paradox yet? I mean, we're just getting started. Uh, so we are going to give out five superlative awards today, uh, and we give out these awards every month. We do a different type of movie. This month it's future movies, and uh, we are giving out Best Vehicle. Future movies always got cool vehicles, or like they try to. Yeah, we have a succulative for this too, because yeah. some of them are fucking whack. A lot of them are, are pretty whack. Uh, the whack best future to live in, which should be fun. That, that's where you actually want to live. Harder uh, than I thought. <laughs> I had a couple options, and I'm, I'm a little surprised with the one I ended up going with, because I watched a lot of these movies again. And, uh, you know, I, I went with one I was surprised about. It's not I Alien. You're definitely fucking not. Yeah. Uh, the best piece of tech. There's always some cool tech gadgets, the future tech gadgets, you know, that, that we haven't seen yet that are coming soon. Um, the most realistic artificial, artificial intelligence. Usually future movies deal with artificial intelligence in some way. And I thought there's two ways to go here. You can either pick the most lifelike or the closest to what we think the real world will evolve into. I mean, if Elon Musk lives for like another 40 years... I fear what we'll evolve into, or what yeah, they will evolve into. That. Stop listening to me, Elon, you dick. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the the last award we will give out is the most compelling problem that could only exist in the future. So this, something that oh. we can't even fathom yet because we're not in the future. You see, I uh, just a heads up, I I went a slightly different route. Okay, that's fine. But I'll bring it to you. As long as it happens in a movie that takes place in the future, I don't really care. See, You're, uh, these awards are open to your own interpretation. When I actually started going through all these and rewatching some of these movies, it was like, hmm, I'm not going to pick anything that I originally thought I was going to pick. That's kind of what happened with me. Um, and, and we'll discuss this as, as we go through them. And as Nick said, we have the succulatives to go along with these at the end, uh, which is the worst version of all these things uh, that we just named. So it's like a mini roast. Exactly. And we, we kind of go through those faster because it's a lot easier to pick bad things than good things. You know? or, or you just don't want to expand as much on bad things. Like you, 
it's easier to identify, I guess, with. Most people agree on the bad things about it. I'm going to shock you with one of my bad things. Fucking shock me, Calvin. We're not there yet. Let's get into the categories. If you're new to the movie Superlatives, again, we've been doing this every month for like two years. Yeah. Uh, We got a lot of them. They're dope, though. They are. We can't give more than one movie one award, uh, and we can't give more than one award to, to... more than one movie uh we can't do have honorable mentions and you, you can repeat these in the succulatives because the succulatives don't count in the same order yeah yeah even though i'm not i never do that that's i don't taking these i don't know out. that i did but i made the rules so if i say you can you can't let's i'll keep that in my back pocket yeah yeah well i i say i can i never said you can oh whoa that's some squibby bullshit let's get into it Let's do it. The first award is the best vehicle. Nick, what do you got? I got what this immediately was one I didn't think I would pick, but I eventually came around to it and it it won me over. That's the USS Enterprise, specifically Ooh. from Star Trek Beyond. Okay. okay. This takes place in 2263. I love how I have, like sorry, go ahead. I have no Star Treks on my feed. I was pleasantly surprised with the the newer movies. I enjoyed them. Um, yeah, they're good. I just i I picked different. I went different way. I didn't rewatch any of them for this. I'm okay with it. Well, I mean, honestly, I really just like the way it looks. I think it looks tight. Oh yeah, the, the Enterprise is iconic ship. It's great. Well, it's incredibly aesthetically pleasing, and I love the fact that. You see the, a couple shots of them in, like, the boiler room and stuff like that, the inner workings of the ship. But for the most part, you just got the main, you know, like, ten people on deck. Well, and the bridge is great. Um, they got the uh, the Dreamatorium. I know that's not what it's called. I can't think of the name of the thing. It's where they, they take have. acid and just have fun. Yeah, they just do whatever the hell they want. Um, I don't know if that ever made an appearance in the movies. You got the... the uh, Chris Pine was in it, bro. So I mean, it happened. That's true. Trust me. You got the you got the beam where you can beam people up to the that, ship. Or down that's what to I was going to say. The fact that it has hyperspace capabilities as well as teleportation capabilities, I am on that shit, hundred percent. I would just be like, yeah, beam me down there. Let me get it. Uh, bought some Portillos. Beam me back up, homie, and then I'm and then I'm fucking gone. I'm pretty sure that's what uh, Chris Pine's Captain Kirk would do, and then at the same time bone some chicks while he's dead. I was going to say bang all the chicks that are working yeah. at the time at Portillo's. 100%. He's like, you want some Italian beef, honey? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know, he'd get the one they would just like throw hot au jus in his face and he's just oh, fuck! <laughs> Comes Sorry, back. Chris Pine. Yeah. Captain, don't hit on Italian Chicago chicks. <laughs> about Italian beef sandwiches. They will fuck you up with hot au jus. All right. I did have have a runner-up as well. Let's hear it. The Nebuchadnezzar from The Matrix, obviously. Nah. Nah. Nah, nah, fam. But the design of that ship is too dope. You're all about the, like, cruise ships here. I went a little little more personal vehicles. A little more personal vehicles? Yeah. I just... There's a lot of problems with envisioning yourself in the future of the Matrix. And that starts with you're in this 
underground tunneling hovercraft that breaks literally every five minutes. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. That's yeah. for sure. Well, I mean, its format of transport is incredibly impractical. Like, what if you just fall into a cavern and you can't... How do you suspend yourself? I believe it's by magnets. That's what I'm saying. But if you yeah. fall into a cavern... So if there are no magnets, yeah, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you're fucked. Yeah, I just... I have a hard time with the Nebuchadnezzar because it, it literally breaks all the time. Uh, it's got those cool things where you can just jack yourself into a, a port and go into the real, real world, but... Yeah, and literally do whatever the fuck you want. Well, kind of. Well, at least Neo can. Yeah, or, or if you're that one guy that is a traitor. Fucking traitor! That he would have stormed the capital. That oh, was my one. You would have been first in line. Yeah. He's going to like, this I, is going to be juicy. I think gonna, I've got one somewhere. I'm going to eat Nancy Pelosi's steak. Him and his fucking steaks. I always thought that steak looked gross as fuck as a kid, and then yeah, I grew it, up, and I was like, yeah, that looks pretty good. It's okay. I didn't rewatch uh, Matrix here. I probably should have. I do really like the Matrix, and I am a defender of the sequels. We don't have to get into that. Now, Absolutely, but, dude. Um, finally, someone else. I, I just, it's just enjoyable. How many mech series. fights do you see like that? I mean, it's well, literally just giant guns fighting robots. That is so dope. It was like a anime movie, basically. Anytime there's there's big robots fighting anything, I'm there. I am fucking there, 100. Unless it's uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. That can suck I my I mean, butt. I was still there. The movie was just bad around the, the fighting robots. It was fucking horrible. That wasn't even good. Right. I agree. So it's my turn, and I am going off your radar here with G.I. Joe and the Rise of Cobra. When does that take place? 2020. Released in 2009. So it's in the quote-unquote not-too-distant future, but still the future. That's pretty tight. That's debatable. So they've got the Sharks, which are these, like, speedboat submarines. Those are dope. Which are fucking awesome with some, you know, laser-type weapons. I guess they're kind of <laughs> like sonic weapons. It's called so a Shark, got... too, right? Yeah, it's called a Shark. And it has freaking uh, laser beams on its head? It's... Yeah, exactly. Nice. It's... They've got the Night Raven, which is a uh, a jet of some sort. You know, super so, Mach as, 1 speed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of looks like a shark, but in the air now. Nice. <laughs> and just, it has freaking laser beams. And it has laser beams also. Nice. Uh, enough to take down nuclear warheads. That, There's just a lot lasers. of cool vehicles in G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. They got snowmobiles, jets, tanks, sharks, anything you can name. They they put a cool spin on it, which is you know kind of what G.I. Joe did in the cartoons. And they all have got these great names, the Night Raven, the Shark. Anytime, like if you're gonna make, yeah, etc. <laughs> if you're gonna make a future movie with these cool-looking vehicles, give them cool names. I don't Seriously, care if they, dude, they look, if they sound stupid. Those sound the future, dope. Everything sounds stupid. The fuck? Right? I'm hitting him with a squadron of night ravens. It's like, yo. Well, I had one night raven. It was still in the uh, in the beta testing. Well, I'm just saying. Imagine hearing that over the radio or over the comms, and it's just like, oh fuck, I'm gonna be like the Japanese in World War Two and dig. And dig and dig. Yeah, have I mean, you seen Have you seen G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra? I have, and I was just about to say, also a pretty good film. I like it. It's uh, solid. It's, does, it's good. Do those suits of armor count as a vehicle? I was counting them as like a piece of tech. That's, that's oh, like the the ones that they uh, 
like speed up their bodies. Right. When they're like yeah, running I through that the as street. A piece of tech. Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably a combo there. If do they have like rollerblades on them? I was I mean, watching it while I was working, so I didn't pay that close of attention. No, they just run in them, right? If they have rollerblades, then I would say yes. They run, like, faster than Captain America. Yeah. I remember that. Super um, agile. Did you see the second one with The Rock? I... No. I, I can't say that I did. It's not good. It's I'm sure very I tried. bad. The first, the first one, Rise of Cobra, is is really fun. It's got, like, your your mix of action in there. It's got some of the campy G.I. Jonas. They've got this futuristic tech and kind of warfare going on. Good fights. Good fights and just good enough acting to make it yes. work. Yes, yeah. Nobody's well, I mean, taking themselves seriously, right, but it's also it. not too campy either. They had like five or six lines where I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ. But then they had probably 15 or 20 of the same, like, in the same ballpark, but the way they wrote it and, and came about it in the story, it was like, all right, cool. You know, I'll, I'll live with that. So th- those right. are pretty Channing good, pretty good numbers. Right, and Marlon Wands can kind of make things work that don't really work usually. Fantastic combo. And uh, same with Dennis Quaid, like, in there as this, yes, you know, this Captain America-type stand-up guy. He can he can deliver on that. Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the evil mastermind Cobra is, is fantastic as well. He's Cobra? Yeah. I did not remember that. Yeah. And uh, they got a great evil plan. Always good for for an evil, uh, a good evil plan. I mean, know, they've got these nanites. Going to take down the world with them. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, that's good. I, I, I kind of need to rewatch that. Yeah. I think it, I own it somewhere. Um, I had an honorable mention here, too, and that was iRobot, which takes place in 2035. He had the self-driving slash hovering Audi. And yes. Audis are just dope, regardless of what decade it is. Uh, I, I've i had bad personal experiences with them. Well, everyone I've known that's owned an Audi, which is probably like six or seven people, they've all been pieces of shit. They've all been stick shifts, and they're stupid, so I don't know if they can actually drive them properly, and that may be why. <laughs> yeah, that's an issue. That's, um, they, that's a big time. They always look cool, at, at the very least. Yeah, they're usually pretty fucking sleek. Those are German-engineered, if I'm correct i'm not a big so. car guy and uh that makes sense because they make a chainsaw look dope yeah and uh demolition man kind of has the same kind of the same type of futuristic car where it, it looks like it has wheels but it's really hovering and they can kind of move uh three-dimensionally rather than just forward and backwards they, they can kind of swerve and hover and, and move around I like fast. that style flying car more than actual flying cars. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I like the super highways that are basically silent, and yeah. they're just moving, you know, in and out, interchanging lanes and stuff like that, and no one's paying attention. There's just too many issues, like potential issues with flying cars. Oh, absolutely. How high, low? How high or low do you go? I mean, what? you just kill all the birds. Yeah, they just get the smeared birds, all the yes, time. Birds was my last point here, but. At, when is it legal to pass? Do you have to go around? Do you go over? Do you go under? Fuck, I'm blowing a, through them is birds. Is there a van lane? Is there a car lane? Is there a truck lane? How do you know? You know, Are, if they just rose it, like, or, it, yeah, if they just made them levitate off the ground, like, four foot, five foot, I know well, that's, right. it's still pretty high. Think of all the roadkill you would not have. Well, and, and you'd save a ton on infrastructure, right? Oh, it's shit Because you, you, your roads, you'd have to have lanes right Place, absolutely you stay here you can't just go anywhere but you wouldn't the the upkeep to the actual road wouldn't be as necessary and with the flying cars like 
do you have lanes or are you just flying anywhere? I know in like uh, Star, Star Wars, Wars Episode Two, yeah, they kind of had lanes, but there were levels of lanes too, and it was really weird and hard to catch. But then there were other places where people are just flying wherever the hell they want. Most most other ones. The only thing I could yeah. think that would work is like a digital heads-up display that syncs with every flying vehicle. Well, yeah, they, they'd have to be automated too, right? Every, every vehicle is driving itself, and then it doesn't matter. Man, the operating system that would be able to actually do that, that'd be fucking insane. You'd have to do that on a lo- local municipality. Yeah. Level Plus, level. Uh, if you get in a wreck, you're you're pretty much going to die. Oh, you're going to get smeared. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Will Smith pretty much proved that. Well, and you're just going to fall out of the sky. That's true. This, if you get crashed, how are you going to how are you going to keep flying? You know, that's not where my mind went. <laughs> Bad on me. Um, all right, so we are ready to move on to the next award, the best future to live in. We asked Twitter what they thought the best future to live in and have some comments here. Uh, the options on our Twitter poll at APA something were Back to the Future 2, iRobot, Demolition Man, and other. Uh, Back to the Future 2 got 66.7% of the votes, iRobot got 25%, and Demolition Man got 8.3%. Other got 0%. So out of those three, everyone wanted to pick at least one of those three. I'm kind of surprised Demolition got Demolition Man got that much. That's awesome. Yeah, man. got some votes out there. Well, we're going to talk about Demolition Man in depth in a few minutes here, because that was one I didn't rewatch. I watched it for the first time, and I've got some thoughts. I've never seen it, but I listened to Hold My Popcorn's episode on it. Okay. I think I have a generally decent idea. Um, so the Tangent Versus Movie Podcast, at Tangent Versus, say, uh, looks like I'm in the minority picking iRobot. I wanted to choose from the suggestions, and I'm really into tech, so I think this universe would be streamlined cool. First Instincts went to Back to the Future 2, but people are chaos, and there seems to be slightly more safety in the iRobot world. I agree. Not with Shia LaBeouf running around. Well, yeah. Chaz. everybody. Can't fucking cuss. Isn't, uh, is he Chaz in iRobot? Or is that in Constantine? So. No, he's not Chaz. He's like Shane or something. Now I gotta look at it. I did just yeah. watch iRobot. Uh, da, da, da. Of course, I didn't find the right one. I, comma, robot. There it is, 2004. He is not in the top billing on the first page of IMDb. Way to go, Shia. Fucking Shia. Farber is his name. Farber. Hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know that they ever actually mentioned his name. Chaz. That's it's Chaz yeah, we'll and Chaz. Constantine. Uh... The Tennis Podcast at Tennis Pod says, "Dude, video phone calls and Back to the Future Two would be so badass if we can ever figure out the technology." I think he's being sarcastic there, because we have video calls that are better than Back to the Future Two, in my opinion. Mine never worked properly, so I'm going with him. That's fair. Uh, Deluxe Edition, yet another pop culture podcast at Deluxe Edition Pod says, "Demolition Man, you haven't lived until you've used the three seashells," which. Uh, Hard disagree there. <laughs> How do they work? I uh, need to know. I have an answer to that when we get to our to did my you, demolition. Did you legit site. figure it out, Calvin? I didn't figure it out. Sylvester Stallone has a quote from some interview on it. And then the final you comment. Scrape it from your ass, and then you fucking yeah, throw much. some water on it. Uh, Kyle Curtis Flett at Curtis underscore Flett votes for Back to the Future too. All right, great job. 
Great job, everyone. Thank you for participating. Uh, that's at APA something. We do polls sometimes uh, before we record and give Most shout weeks. outs to people who respond. Most weeks. Yeah, we haven't done them in a while, though. So we that's appreciate it. Back to sometimes. Um, so our picks for best future to live in. I am going with my man from the tangent universe or the tangent verse and going with iRobot. She takes place in 2035, and if if you take it as a snapshot right up until the movie actually starts, this is the best future. It seems very clean. And, it's a uh, rough couple days after the movie starts, but... Yes. Well, I mean, it the, sounds like this shit never happens, so I mean, it's, it's at least predictable. Yeah. Uh, we've got robot and AI assistants all over the place. There's reliable self-driving cars. Um, it's a technology and internet-driven society, which is very much the way that we're going. Um, robots there, they free up all this time and energy for all of humanity to succeed at kind of what they want because the robots are doing all the menial things and remembering things for you and running your errands and things like that so you don't have to worry about those. You can focus on the things you want to focus on. I mean, I still think about the prosthetics. Like, that is so fucking well, yeah. dope. Yep, that's that's a good point, too. They can basically replace entire limbs. Well, I mean, just the field applications for the mm -hmm. spray on skin. Like, imagine, that would just change the art of war completely. I would think, why do you need the spray on skin if the robotics are so robust and so ubiquitous that... You know, that this isn't... I, I'm sure he's not the only person with a robotic limb... Why do you need to spray out? Like, I would sport that shit like I'm cyborg out there. Well, yeah, you would. He's, he doesn't like him. He's like, I guess, no. that's true. I don't fucking... He's like the Mandalorian. The, the, the Mandalorian. Doesn't Matt like knows. droids. Yeah. It's pretty true. And as long as the AI controlling all the robots doesn't get on this power trip and decide that it's going to subjugate humans and make them do what it wants, I think it would be a, a solid way to live. I'd be okay with it. Well, and here's the here's the kind of underrated but important aspect that I think a lot of people overlook is they're all interconnected within the same network. And yeah, the Vicky, you know, that's controlling it goes crazy. Such but if you can control Vicky, then yeah, it's it's a much better system that they're all connected to a single hub, which is kind of how the internet works already. And the fact that you have this hive mind is actually more helpful than it is harmful, um, just because all of these devices are constantly communicating with each other. So it only makes them more efficient because they know, well, this robot's already over there doing that, so I don't have to do that. I can go over here. Or this car is in that lane, so I can't go in that lane. I can go in this lane, but there's another car coming. Out. Like, the cars all know where they are at all times. It makes it easier to help. Absolutely. It's like a giant to-do list that everyone could pick something from, but everyone else knows what that something is. Exactly. That I got two things, though, about that the AI from that. Mm -hmm. One, Vicky is the dumbest name for an AI I've ever heard. Well, it's an acronym. I, I, I get it, but either way, it makes me think of a like a dentist assistant, and I can't stand it. And two... It's also the babysitter on Fairly Odd Parents. I was just about to say that. That was my second point. Vicky, 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 you're so icky. <laughs> Vicky's icky as fuck in that movie. Love the Fairly Odd Parents. Love that show. That was so good. The Crimson Chin! The other thing that I don't like, or well... It's, it's interesting in these movies, but it, it's so stupid. Is the people complain about the robots or AI taking people's jobs. And they never, 
they never focus on how much time and energy is freed up for creative and personal pursuits. Like, you can do anything if robots are doing all this stuff for you. Like, Shit, man. Some people are wired different. My grandpa, if you said, oh, you don't have to work, man. You you can do whatever you want. He would sit there and suck on a fucking potato because he, he literally doesn't want to do anything but work. Fine. Those people can still work. You can find a trade. Like, there are things humans have to do. Um, and, and if AI is going to take over, you know, you're going to have some sort of universal basic income going on. Um, that's going to be doable because AI would also save so much money in almost every single industry. Definitely. So you have all this surplus of money to go around and to share. Uh, it allows people in the world to kind of pursue their dreams, live their life how they want to, rather than being stuck doing a job that they don't really want to just to make ends meet or pay the bills or whatever they need to. And then you have the skilled labor part that actually needs humans to be done. That becomes even more in demand now. And people who take the time to learn those trades are going to be extremely well paid and valuable and sought after. It's the new rich within the working class. Exactly. There you go. So people like your grandfather will learn a trade and have something to do that a robot can't do. I'm pretty sure drinking coffee and talking to people is not a learnable trade. He's no, really good I mean, at that, it. That's like 90% of office life, too. I mean, he, he owned several restaurants and stuff. So that's what he'd do. He was that guy that would walk to every table and be like, mm. hey, what are you doing? Do you like some coffee? I had an honorable mention here as uh, Real Steel. Just because any future with giant fighting robots is one I want to live in. And it seems like there's a pretty low barrier to entry to actually fighting the robots. Yeah, I mean, if you can scrape together like 20 grand, you're in. Yeah. Well, and and fight Hugh robots. Jackman's there. Yeah. But I, I never finished that movie. I got like 25 it's, minutes it's in. so much fun. The kid really sucks in it, but He's the fucking whole awful. movie is fun. I just want to see, you know, Hugh Jackman like, yeah, jumping in the air with his fist held high while the robot does the same. He must have been, like, mid-Wolverine training during this movie because his ripped. neck is weird. Like, it's half there and half not, and his head looks super tiny. It's it's really – like, I just because he shaved his head. That might be it. I got hyper-focused on it this time when I rewatched it, and I was just like, what is going on with his head and his neck? <laughs> you turn it on, and you're like, whoa, the fuck, honey, you seeing this shit? Is that Hugh Jackman or Hugh – Small head. Hackman. <laughs> good one so what's your best future to live in Nate? <laughs> i'm gonna surprise you it's uh th- in the 28th century take a guess it's a uh, 28th century like tw- 2700 i don't i don't know i was going to do the you know the googling on that and then i said eh, 28th century sounds pretty cool and that's a uh, valerian in the city of a thousand planets never saw it it's a terrible movie I really like Dan Harmon, and I would have watched it if it was just him, but I cannot stand Cara Delevingne. Yeah, um, she's, so like, she's fucking And I heard awful. it was bad, so I was like, no, I'm out. Sorry. It was way too long, and it just felt disjointed. But the world they created, where like humans and aliens basically just live together, are cool with each other, It's everything's all bright and beautiful, and it just seems like a real good time. You know, the unity, camaraderie between species and stuff like that. That would just – that would kind of go back to the iRobot thing with all the robots mm-hmm. working with you. Just imagine all the uh, the sharing of technology, cultures, food, medicine. Fucking all those innovations would be so dope. Yeah. I, I, I like any world where you get the communities working in harmony and then there's like one random dude that's like, nah, fuck this. We don't need to work in harmony. 
and that's always the bad guy, and he tries to just destroy everything. Right, and that's why you have dope-ass space cops. Exactly. They don't do much, you know, they usually write tickets to people for space jaywalking, but sometimes you get a villain. There you go. I like that pick. I don't have much to say on it just because I haven't seen it. It, That was one of the drawing parts is it looked like it was a cool world that they built, and that's based on a uh, book series too, right? Right. It's kind of like Dune in the sense Mm -hmm. it's one of those, you know, groundbreaking sci-fi books. Have you read it? I've never read (laughs) No, no, I uh, I thought about it and then I watched the movie. I was basically like, you know, if the yeah, movie's dope, I'll I'll read it or I'll I'll get it in audiobook and and eventually get to it. And then I watched it. I was pissed, especially because I took like four days to watch it from Redbox oh. and had to pay like eight bucks. Yeah, that's never I was, fun. When you I was the... fucking mad, dude. I slammed yeah. that shit in there. Like, Fuck this movie. That's when you got to put the dollar in it for the next person that mistakenly. Uh, rents it and you're like you know what this movie sucks it took me four days here here this one's on me I should have just broke that bitch in half and threw it somewhere I mean that's what people in do the with garbage. half of them anyways you ever try and get a kids movie from the red box yeah I did twice and both times they were for me but, but those well, things are scratched to shit me and the wife yeah dude one had piss on it uh, like straight up like cat piss the, and, the library's worse. Like, you go to the library and get some of those kids' movies, and they're, like, the, the the clear mirrored backing of a DVD is not clear. It's yeah, white. it's all, like, cocaine residue and yeah. shit. Just like, the fuck? God damn you, Florida! Slash right, Illinois. So, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets getting an award for the first time ever. From literally anyone. Yeah. You know, it was really, really tough for me because I always try to pick something I've seen, and yep. most here. of these futures I've seen kind of fucking suck. Well, yeah, that's the whole point of the movies is we fucked up the future somehow, and now the future cops have to deal with it. Or so, future somebody. Yeah. It's usually a future cop. All right, so let's move on to award number three, the best piece of tech. Nick, what do you got? I got STEM from Upgrade. Okay. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I haven't. I know it's, I know it's good and blah, blah, blah. I just haven't watched it. Dude, just get on YouTube and watch the fight scenes. They're so fantastic. It takes place in 2045, and it's basically about a guy who was involved in it. He was attacked, him and his wife, and he ends up paraplegic but saw his wife get murdered. So, of course, Obviously. this company – yep, I mean this is all pretty standard – this company is like, you just so happen to be the right guy, and if you want this highly advanced piece of technology, we'll go ahead and implant it into you free of charge. And it's called that STEM. That never backfires on anybody. What's that? I said that never backfires on anybody. No, totally, that. totally doesn't. It doesn't really for this guy, for Gray. Uh, my buddy at work who's like a, a cinephile or whatever the fuck you want to call it. He's obsessed with movies, but he's like, dude, just fucking watch that goddamn scene, please. So I finally watched it, and oh man, it was it's just so good. There's like a minute and a half fight that's fantastic. So obviously this this technology allows him to walk, operate like normal, like he's not paraplegic, and he can basically turn over all his physical motor functions to the AI and it can control him. So just in the terms of like, say we go to these flying cars and you crash, 
you got the stim implant and you're like, yo, I'm falling to the ground. Stim, take over. And you survive the situation because he does some crazy shit only an AI could do. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's a great piece of tech that can do lots of things. Well, I mean, my thing was just imagine, you know, I, I keep going back to like paraplegics or just mm-hmm. people who have who lost motor function in some regard. That would give back so many people their life or that had, you know, muscular dystrophy or spinal bifida or something like that. That would just be that would cure innumerable diseases relatively simply. I agree. I'm not I'm not here to disagree with you there, Nick. But what I am here to robot. say is it a virtual world where you can do or be anything? No, but I got something to say about that shit later. Because what I'm picking is Ready Play- the Oasis from Ready Player One, which takes place in 2045. And I rewatched it. The movie is terrible. Uh, I, Ugh. So I was hoping, I was hoping that, I've, that I'm far enough removed from when I actually read the book that I'd be able to sit and enjoy it. And I couldn't. And I'm going to get into that. I've got a rant, but let me let me talk about the Oasis real quick. Because you've got this virtual reality where you can literally go anywhere. You can build and develop any place that's ever existed, fictional or real. Uh, you can do literally anything. You can be anything. And it's also a massive game if you want it to be. And that's the first thing that the movie missed is the Oasis is a place where people work. They go to school. They conduct business. They buy things. Everything that happens in the real world can happen in the Oasis, but the movie, they, they put all that to the side and they made they made it seem like it only existed for the Easter egg hunt and for like just simple escapism. Like I'm going and I'm playing a video game for an hour and that's not what it is. Right. I mean, it's much more complex with that. It's, yes. it's basically like it's integrated to the point where it's like having a cell phone. We've seen that, especially in quarantine. Imagine just being able to go to work in an AI operated system with a right. headset on. Right. And you're all you're fucking all, dope. you have a virtual conference table you're all sitting at, you're still doing the, your thing there. Um it's just it's a hard watch. Uh just because it's like rough. So I've got a rant here. There's like a two-page rant that I'm going to try and get through. It it feels like that the pop culture references are just there to be there. They don't actually serve any purpose, not like in the book. They're not even Easter eggs in the movie. They just kind of throw them in your face, beat you over the head with them, while screaming, hey, look at this cool thing, over and over again. And well, they never every frame. They never conveyed the fact that he is a dork who knows all these things, and that's what really makes him, you know, the most unique person when it and, comes to and this he's, world he's good at it because it's fun to be obsessed with these things because they're fun things to be obsessed with he's not just obsessed for the sake of being obsessed or for the sake of finding the egg he was obsessed even before the the egg hunt started because they were interesting and fun things right that's what what he had right and and what the book does it it gives you those kind of same heavy-handed references but they always meant something to holiday or the overall hunt in some way they, they were breadcrumbs leading and if you look at the first challenge in, in book versus movie in the book, you had um, it's it's on the planet where all the public schools exist. It's in a non-PVP zone, so nobody can battle there. It's this place that everyone can access because the point was to be able to find it and to win it if you knew enough and got interested in the things Halliday was interested in. So then, you know, there's a cave where the, the first key is 
and the cave is in these woods that meant something special to Halliday and for, for some reason. And to get through the cave, he had to play through this D&D quest that was important to Halliday because it was like his first one he dungeon mastered or something like that. And then he had to defeat the Lich King by beating him in Joust, which was one of Halliday's favorite games. And you had to know all of those things and be good at all of those things and be able to play through them in order to get the key. And then each key that you got gave you knowledge or an artifact to help you retrieve the next one. So like for the third challenge, you could only complete the third challenge if you had done well in the second challenge and gotten yourself a giant robot. Uh, none of that exists in the movie. Well, the thing, none of that exists in the movie. And the book did so well in invoking like memories that I actually had as a kid and stuff. You know, right. Most of these things that I dealt with, whereas the, the movie just it only swung for nostalgia. It didn't. For the I guess sake you could of nostalgia. View, right. I guess you could view memories as just simply nostalgia, but I think it's a little more in depth than that. Like there's well, the all the emotion attached to it and stuff like that. Made me want to consume some of these things. Like I, I've played. I've never played Joust before. I played Joust because like it sounded fun. Like you're this ostrich that is jousting with this other ostrich. Like that. That sounded like a fun thing to do. So I went and I found it and I played it. Um, some of the movies mentioned, I watched them because of this book. Some of the books there, I've, I'm reading them because of this. Like, it's and then in the movie you get this race with just a bunch of random shit flying around that means nothing. King Kong's there, there's a T-Rex there, a bunch of cool cars, but knowing what they are and why they would be there doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter that King Kong's there. He's just an obstacle and something cool for people to look at and go, I understood that reference and move right. on. I feel included. Yeah. It's it's just dumb. And then the way you beat it is you drive backwards, and it took five years to figure out that you had to drive back. <laughs> five years for people who are obsessed with video games and Easter egg hunting and all this stuff, and nobody thought to drive backwards. Because let me tell you, anyone who's ever played a video game would have tried that shit on about day three. That had gone I was going to say. Get, Let's see what happens the, when you do this. Get one single GTA driver yeah. in that game, and they would have figured that shit out. Or just, like, somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and puts their car in reverse instead of drive. Like, that would... Your kid gets a hold of it. Yeah. Uh, oh. And he only figures this out on, like, pure happenstance. It, it took him no knowledge or skill to actually figure that out. He just, like, happened to be listening to this dude. Fuck that movie. Yeah. The, the, it, it turns Easter egg hunting, which is very fun for video gamers and people who enjoy video games into essentially just googling things from Halliday's life that they kind of half remember and then stumbling their way through it they don't solve any puzzles or put any work in they they just find the answer and go do it and it's kind of while I was watching it this time I realized that it's this weird kind of unintended parallel on how video gaming is today versus in the old school days like you had to have your brother's uncle's nephew's cousin whose dad worked for Nintendo tell you about these Easter eggs, and then you still had to go find them and and be able to do the things to get to them. Now, if you want to, like, uh, let's take an Arkham game. If you want to get all the Riddler trophies, you just Google it and figure out how to do it. Right. Well, not even... You don't have to figure out anything. They'll have pictures, fucking maps, detailed oh, yeah. step-by-steps. When Easy. I play an Arkham game, I get about 20% of the Riddler trophies just, like, through my normal gameplay, and then at the end, I'm just like, I'm just going to burn through these and just sit there on whatever website I look them up on and, and go, okay, I got to do this, I got to do that, all right, great. I just, I, I said fuck it after a while. I just get the ones that come across in normal gameplay. Yeah. But I, I'm, I usually get probably, like, 55 to 60% because I'm, I like to explore in games. I'm just always wandering around. 
Especially yeah, Arkham. That's understandable. Yeah, Arkham's super fun. Mm-hmm. And the, the point of the book is, like you said, the pop culture obsession in the 80s and 90s, that was all people had. They got lost in a specific arcade game or Dungeons & Dragons or movies because it's all they had to escape whatever shitty situation they were in or even like normal situations. Like Sometimes you just want to be somewhere else. People knew every line to War Games because it was one of the seven VHS tapes they had at their house, not because some guy said it may be the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> that, that's all people had to do was just keep consuming the same things over and over again. And the Oasis brought that back for a new generation of people when it was launched in this world. And the Oasis gave you that escapism, but it also gave you so much more. It gave you a purpose. You could go to school, you could go to work, you could, you know, hunt for the eggs, whatever. It also allowed you to explore and find your own favorite pop culture artifacts, like develop your own personality rather than just liking the things Halliday liked. Because if you like Lord of the Rings, you can go to a recreation of Rivendale and just like explore that. If you don't like Lord of the Rings, you can go to Tatooine. You know, you can do anything that interests you. That'd be, that'd be dope. And and that was, the Oasis existed before the egg hunt, and the movie making it the only purpose of the Oasis was very stupid. And that, like this is why streaming works so well. The the '90s kids in us, we can relive our childhood with ease, and we can go back and remember it, and also stumble upon new things. And in the movie, like are in like the story of Ready Player, Ready Player One is supposed to be about people discovering these things that are actually good, not just because they're nostalgic, but because they're good and from another time, and you want to learn more about them. Right, they actually, sh- they mean something to you because of everything that's behind it, mm-hmm. instead of some bougie shit. In the Oasis, <laughs> it was there to help you find a place to fit in and embrace friendships on and offline, not you know, turn it off for two days a week, bringing the entire economy and way of life to the brink of collapse because, you know, you want to fuck your girlfriend. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty important. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is, but you can do that whether the Oasis is on or off. That's true. Instead of getting the sweet uh, schoolhouse rock, the magic numbers three, we get some incel shit. I never kissed that girl that one time 40 years ago and I'm still pissy about it. Like, that's what Halliday was all about. <laughs> <laughs> but then that's bullshit. Like it was, it was about him finding his friends and being able to engage with his friends in this new fun way. That's why the magic number is three. So stupid. <sighs> Having said all of that, the references in the movie are done in a really cool way sometimes. And it's awesome to see these things clash. Like it's cool to see a race between a DeLorean and Akira's motorcycle and the 66 Batmobile all in one place or all those robots charging into the final battle. The movie that is looks dope. cool and does oh, some yeah. awesome things. I just, if I'd have never read the book, it would have been much more enjoyable. And Definitely. Oasis, because of all this, is an awesome piece of technology capable of doing nearly anything a user wants to. So that's why it gets this award, and it can do even more in Ready Player Two, uh, which I have not read. Uh, like, I got five hours left, at, and I it started at like twelve hours, so I'm just a little over halfway. I heard it's not good. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, that's all right. A lot of people say Ready Player One is not good, so. No, I read that book in less than a day. I was just yeah. like, I can't, I can't put this down. It's, it's, it's fantastic. a lot of fun. Well, so the cool thing about this is because it was re- written so. So Ready Player One was written in 2010, so all of the pop culture references only go up to 2010. But now, because this one was written in 2019-2020, there's more. Like, there's more stuff that we recognize. It's not all 80s and 90s pop culture you know uh throwbacks it there's more 
they're getting more of the late 2000, 2010s in there of, of things that were going on. I'm waiting for the first Game of Thrones mention. I haven't heard it yet, though. Oh, it'll fucking happen. I, without I, a doubt. It can't not happen, right? Oh, I mean, if he fails to mention that, he's just lazy. Yeah. So where the fuck <laughs> was he the past eight years? Uh, I do have two honorable mentions real quick. Prometheus. Oh, shit, too. With the medical pod. Uh, yes, that's anything. Fucking dope, yeah. dude. It's programmed for male use only, but that's pretty easily overridden, allowing the machine to give you a C-section and remove a xenomorph baby. So, you know, that's pretty sweet that there's that's, a medical pod that can do that. That's kind of fucking dope. It wasn't designed to do that, but eh, I can figure it out. And then uh, going back to Real Steel, because boxing, boxing robots are fucking awesome. And I would have too much fun with that. Yeah. Loki, great soundtrack for uh, Real Steel, too. Got some Eminem in there. Very decent. Yeah. I'll get down on that shit. All right. So what do you got? Oh, no, that was that was the second one. So we're moving on to the most realistic artificial intelligence, right? Yes. All right. So like I said, we got two ways to go here. I went with the closest to what we'll see in the real world. And I went to WALL-E from 2008. Really? The future is around 700 years in the future, so it's like 27 08-ish. Uh, they never actually explicitly say it, and Googling could not bring up an actual date, but at one point they do say it's uh, like 700 years in the future, so I'm going with 2708 is when this takes place. 2805 is what I found in my research. Oh, well, there you go. You researched better than I did. Dang! This is kind of how I think and we already see it a little bit, all the AI are extremely specialized. You've got your garbage robot, your plant hunting robot, your cleaning robot, your pilot robot, a robot to pick up fat people off the floor when they fall out of their chair robots. Gross! Just lots of different robots doing one specific job well. And we're already seeing that. We have Roombas, we've got automatic pool cleaners, lawnmowers, self-driving cars are becoming more and more uh, Fucking prevalent. love my Roomba. Huh? R- fucking Roomba's love my Roomba. Dude, it's the uh, shit. You know, we have quote-unquote AI assistants with your Lexas and series and all that. Every AI, you know, thing that you would call AI right now has its own specific purpose. And I think this is a good thing because I think that's going to help stop the robot uprising if each of them can only do one thing. It has to. Nobody's going to be really that afraid of their robot lawnmower. But if it's... Yeah, right, dude. I'll be scared of shit. Fuck that. You're just walking along, okay. and it jumps out at you. Now think it's a robot lawnmower that can also clean your pool and vacuum your floor and carry a gun and <laughs> jump really far and run really fast. And uh, I don't know. What else do scary robots do? They wear a bunch Crash of the stock pythons yeah. on, their, on their necks and throw them at you violently after winding them up. It, uh... it also allows us to be lazy, right? Because that's all... That's the reason anyone teaches a computer to do anything, is they want to be lazy. They don't they don't want to do this thing, so I'm going to teach something specifically to do that thing for me. That or it just does it faster than me. Well, yeah. And I think just once we start packing too many things into one device, that's when it's going to start thinking it can take over the world. It's like, whoa, yesterday I could just help you Google shit, but now I can mow your lawn too? Watch out, world. I'm coming for you. I think the – going back to dicks here – as I as I tend to do every episode. Every time, yeah. As soon as that robot can jerk someone off, or that oh, artificial intelligence jerk off robots out there. Oh, I, I'm sure. But once that's like widely available, and this thing is like 
I don't know. Say you get some AI that looks like Margot Robbie, and its sole job is to just jerk you off. So it's very fucking good at it. I mean, well, the world's going to end. See, now you're getting into Blade Runner territory. The, the world's just going to be over. That's Everyone's fair. Just be like, I, I haven't felt a woman in well, 10 years. So that, that you can't make them look too lifelike. I, I think, I hope we're smart enough to not make them too lifelike. Bro, you could put that in like some seedy ass areas and just have lifelike boobs on it and a lifelike ass, and the rest of it could be metal. And they'd be lining up. Well, the hands, yeah, they could probably be metal too. And they'd be like, yeah, cool, fucking sweet. What do you got for most realistic artificial intelligence? I went the opposite way and I went uh, most lifelike. So, literally, if you say you were talking to him, on the phone or something like that, mm-hmm. you would have no idea. And that's Sonny from iRobot. Um, isn't that his name? Yep. Okay, I just wanted to double check because I forget. Honestly, if I uh, did not see the, you know, he was a fucking robot, I would totally think that dude was actually really? human. Oh, absolutely. I feel like he's got that robot tinge. Like you know, when you talk to Alexa or Siri, that it. They, they've got a human voice program in there, obviously, but it still doesn't really sound human. Have you noticed that they never actually have AI sound human in any of these movies because it freaks people the oh, fuck absolutely. out? I mean, I think that's really – it comes down to like a baseline fear response, but the fact oh, yeah. that he – the emotional aspect of it and the learning curve and the you know taking things and practically applying them – I think is extremely fascinating in the the way he grappled with killing his creator. Like that's that's incredibly tough decision making and without, you know, that specific programming like you mentioned before to know how to operate within those confines 100% of the time. If he was a lawnmower, he would not have been able to throw his creator out a window. That's all. There I'm you saying. go. He would have just hacked him to pieces and felt nothing about it. But I I just thought it was you know, that's that's what a human would do. If yes, they, I agree. You know, they would weigh that shit. Well, that's kind of why I went the other way because I I wanted to think how are we actually going to develop AI and it's going to be doing single jobs I think or I, know, I, multiple connect connected jobs. I agree with you, or just like an automated factory. Right. So Where, it does yeah, seven or eight specific things. Yeah, it it doesn't do one thing, but it does you know all the steps on the the command line there, and just because. I, I also when I think when you put too many things into a device, how how does it know which command to prioritize, right? And that's what happens well, to my robot. We're almost getting there with like my iWatch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a Pebble Time Steel or Pebble Steel Two, whatever old school technology, yep. but I feel like it worked almost better than my my iWatch because it did, it did. less. Yeah. Like it just it, it it did less but did them better. Yeah, I have um a a Xiaomi been in the news a lot lately, uh because we won't let them build their cell phones in America or sell their cell phones anyway. It's a it's a smart smart watch in heavy air quotes because it was forty dollars and it's kinda like the first generation Fitbit. Like all it does is track my steps and my sleep and wake me up and I can read text messages on it. And that's all I want. I don't need right. 40 different apps on my wrist. I'm not fucking Dick Tracy here. <laughs> but although you wish you could be. No. I, I, there's lies, never Kevin. a time fucking where I want, lies. Well, yeah, I, could, I want to be Dick Tracy, but there's never a time where I want to answer a phone call on my wrist. 
the only time I do that, it's it's actually really convenient. I think it's case by case, but for me and my wife, whenever because we like to call each other on the way home from work, you know, say you need to pick something up at the store or right. something, or what's for dinner, and we just get the most horrible like reverberations in our cell phones and cops get you if you have that shit yeah anywhere like say you're because you i have built into your car do i drive a 2008 and so oh, does no. she so we have bluetooth but i mean it works like yeah, one yeah. in 150 times i try to connect it that's understandable all right i'll let you slide with your watch then there you go the final award is the most compelling problem that could only exist in the future nick what did you go with? I chose motherfucking Minority Report, Ooh. set in 2054. So my whole thing is the whole concept of pre-crime detection and elimination of, of crimes is good in theory. But when you looked at – if you look at it objectively, it's three fucking people in a tank making predictions. Uh, I guess they have some precognition. They are then put into mental anguish with the fucking halos. You're basically lobotomized. all the time, too? Isn't that what they find out in the movie? I've never seen Minority Report. Oh, no. They're not wrong all the time, but they can be fooled. Like, you Mm -hmm. can beat the system, and it's supposed to be foolproof, and it's just you're fucking with people's lives here. And I got to say this, and I think everyone listening to this who is an American will agree with me. I would burn this shit down before I fucking would sit there and be like, yeah, I, you know, these people have not committed a crime. Let's go ahead. Yeah, let's yet. throw them in jail. Right. No, what they do is they, they put a thing called a, a halo on them mm-hmm. and it basically puts you in, it, it lobotomizes you. Oh, you're just, you're just fucking there. And then they put you in a tank, like a, a little tiny cell. You don't see the light of day and they put, it's like. You're a fucking book, and they put you on the book. They put you on a bookshelf, and they got a lot of cool tech in that too. They have a, a six stick, and it's like a baton that you jab someone with, and they will throw up everywhere. It's fucking oh, hilarious. Oh yeah, that's great. I mean, it's it's like the Weasley twins puking pastels. There you go, but with a stick. And I yeah. mean, Tom Cruise is in it, so it's really really cool. But uh, yeah, I just and they have a the guns in that movie. In that movie, are really you like wind them up and they shoot air. But it's anyway, I'm, or gravity. Sorry. Um, I was gonna say the, the dude in uh, No Country for Old Men had a gun that shot air. It's not future that shot. Shit. That shot a rod about four inches out. That would oh, way I scarier. Was, than I thought it was just doing over there. No, it's I'm it's a big a, fan of No Country for Old Men. It's boring as hell. Fuck no! That is the best movie ever made. It's used to kill That's cattle. It false. shoots a rod into their brain and kills them instantly. I, so you need see, about I, five I knew inches. all of that. I didn't. I thought it was just like the compressed air did all that work. That's some serious compressed air. Yeah. Well, that's but, what uh, I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, I just pre-crime kiss my ass. Like, what do you, you know? It just. Can you just work. tell the person, hey, you're gonna commit a crime, and then they don't? Like this person doesn't know they're gonna commit a crime. Yeah, no. I mean, that's just not as fun. Got to have not. Tom Cruise come in in a fucking jetpack. So that's my pick. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, I mean, that's definitely compelling because you got the morality issues. You've got uh, really just morality issues on top of morality issues on top of morality issues. Well, I mean, the, the future technology. They have like self-driving cars and stuff like that. Mm. So 
I just I feel like with a simpler life to take that much of a, a power grab, that's fucked up. That is a serious fucking problem. So I went with Ender's Game, Ooh. which takes place sometime after 100 years in the future. That's a great pick. Damn. Using kids to commit alien genocide by making them believe they're playing video games is really only something that the Harrison Ford could would give do. <laughs> and Harrison Ford, yeah. He would um, fucking and, do that shit. Have you ever read Ender's Game? I have not read it, but I, I watched the movie. and uh... The movie's good. Um, it does a mostly good job of kind of capturing the spirit of the book while being way less detailed. Um, the... I, I read up enough about the book because I was very curious afterwards. Because mm-hmm. I knew it was a big deal. It was like, why is this so popular? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those classics, kind of like Dune, uh, that just a classic right. sci-fi novel. And it, it's a series. I only read the first one because it's incredibly dense with exposition explaining the world and not not even world building like just explaining the world and what it's like and why it's like that there are just these long long stretches of boring explanations um or enders kind of crawling through the mind game slowly and methodically it's like if george martin george rr martin took steroids and started building his world um because it's not that or just complex smoked a bunch world. of dope. Yeah, it's not that like, complex. Uh... And he just drones on and on and on, making sure we know every detail of everything. And I, I, it's it's hard. Some people like that. Not I. I'm I'm not usually that. all for world building, but it doesn't ever feel like it's world it, it, like it's world building, but it's not expanding the world in any way. It's world listing. Yes. It's just like yeah, that green, you know, spherical pot there. And I would say that's the biggest thing that the movie messes out on, which is for a movie probably a good thing. But in the book, he, he kind of goes deeper and deeper into the mind game. He meets the matriarch of the alien species and communicates with her telepathically kind of before, like as he's still going through the trials and the battles. Um, and, you know, he, he starts gaining empathy for the aliens because he thinks he's playing a game, but he's he's also telepathically communicating, gets all this empathy for them before he actually, you know, goes on the final attack which he still thinks are simulations um and it just it hits a lot harder when he finally realizes that he destroyed this alien race and that those weren't simulations um i think the movie does a good enough job of having come to the realization and coping with it they they just don't have all the the baggage on it that the book does where he's actually having these conversations actually learning from the aliens and and bonding with them a little bit they don't quite let the humanity all the way in just a little bit. They open the door. No, and so in the movie, at the end, he takes off with the alien queen egg to kind of recolonize somewhere else and, and allow the aliens to have their lives back. But I'm pretty sure in the book, he realizes he destroyed just one of several of these alien planets. And so he ventures out to find others and make peace with them because he's still able to communicate with that master queen or whatever it is. And he's trying to clear his conscious conscience and kind of help them rebuild and, and find tough. out what they're doing. And, and why they attacked in the first place. Um, they would fuck that kid up. They'd be like, we're coming well, for no, you, Well, no, no, no. He, he's been talking to them. Like, they know him. That's like, what I'm saying. Buds. And he still blew up a fucking planet. That's fair. You think someone wouldn't be like, dog, I'm going to skin you alive. You're going to get hurt. And it's yeah. not going to be tight. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on the details because, like I said, I was very, very bored. Um, and I was just <laughs> constantly slipping in and out of attention to it. But I, I paid pretty good attention towards the end. Uh, but really back to the real point here, 
this could only happen in the future. Using kids who are good at video games and making war into a video game and then lying to them to win the game, but really they're killing people or aliens. I mean, we had the same thing in season four of Arrested Development with Buster. Um, so, you know, it's I was had to have, say that shit happens right now. It's had <laughs> to have at least been floated out there as an idea at some point if it's going on in Arrested Development. And Dude, they give them Xbox controllers to blow people up in the yeah. Middle East. That shit's That's going down saying. right now. War, war is... War is and definitely will continue to become less and less a human effort. We have drones out there. Um, there are constantly projects for remote-controlled, you know, soldiers or exosuit-type things, uh, different Seriously. weapons, military vehicles, and honestly, that's going to be the next logical step, right? If we don't have any human cost to war, then decisions become easier. And at some point, when people realize we're fighting our robots against somebody else's robots, then maybe we get to this point where somebody realizes what's what are we doing here? We're just we're just robot fighting. Which again, I'm all for robot fighting. Oh, I'm there. But, but what no, are we proving will, at that point? Someone will be a dick and break the Geneva oh, yeah. attention. Geneva attention. Geneva Convention squared, where you know robots don't kill humans, and then it's fucking on. And it, so my point is, if real remote control warfare, everything's remote controlled in the way it is in Ender's Game, if that becomes a thing, the next step is releasing it as a super cool video game and then quote-unquote recruiting all the best players and those players are most likely in the 13 to 22 year old range right because those are the people who have time and dexterity to play games at a high level uh and those people also can't grasp the full weight of what they're doing so we're really like if it continues this way ender's game could be a potential future for us yeah yeah i'll agree with that and then you get the question of morality comes in of first, you know, are you're recruiting and lying to these kids to fight your wars? And then also, what are those wars actually accomplishing? Who are these child soldiers now killing? What atrocities are they responsible for that they're unaware of? How do they cope with that when they realize that they're committing atrocity like that? And Ender Game raises all those questions. And that's really something that the future could only happen in the future because I got the video games you, are dude. the devil. You just you hire Michael Jordan, and every time some kid gets uppity, you say, "Fuck them kids." There you go. There you there you go. Ender, you're upset. You ended a planet. Fuck you, buddy. So those were our five awards. We gave out best vehicle, best future to live in, <laughs> best piece of tech, and most realistic artificial intelligence, and the most compelling compelling problem that could only exist in the future. Uh, did we miss any categories, Nick? I had a couple. I had three, actually. So I got best fashion trend and or style. I like that. That's that's I I actually chose I Am Legend because Will Smith, I mean, he's got good style in that movie. Yeah, I'd go with iRobot, same reason. Just Will Smith out there stunning. Stylistic as fuck. Um, I I think we can put the Matrix and the Succulatives there. They're basically just wearing rags. And trench coats, like you big gotta, ones. I know you haven't seen this, ones. but you got to give a shout out to Back to the Future too, with the self-lacing shoes and the jacket that resizes itself to fit you perfectly. Like those are some, that's some good stuff. That's kind of dope. I mean, that would be absolutely acceptable. You should watch gotta, the movie and then you'd know what I'm talking about. No, nah, no, nah. I'm a rebel, dude. I don't fucking do that. All right. Okay. Sorry, I've been spending too much time around my nephew, who's 16. Ah, that makes sense. <laughs> He's a fucking rebel dog. Uh, they all I are also, 16. yeah, fuck yeah, and stinky too. 
I didn't realize motherfuckers like that stink so bad. Uh, best and worst futuristic food. Mm. So like Snowpiercer, they're eating fucking yeah. bugs. That ain't Definitely tight. Snowpiercer. They're eating I mean, bugs thinking, and human. Yeah, that's, that's oh rough. yeah, gross. And when I think about it, it's like all those futuristic movies where they eat like a pod, like a tiny little pill, and they're like, mm, I, I would love that. I'm so like, full. Give me, give me the give me the pill that I just yeah, right. can keep going. I'm not a big like let's sit and have a meal type person. I'm just like the, eating is just a thing you have to do to get on with your life. Right. I I like to eat good food and then I poop it out. That's that's the way it goes. I don't know about best food, but the worst food is definitely the again going back to back back to the future too. They uh instead of microwaves they have hydrators so they have these little tiny pieces of food yeah. and they put it in the hydrator I, and it blows up to a real I couldn't do that. I'm like there's no way this thing came from that thing. Get out of town. That pizza looked amazing. I saw I did see that clip. It was like yeah. the half pepperoni, half peppers. That looked fantastic. Maybe. But uh no, I mean think of like the snot in uh, the Matrix. I yeah, wouldn't eat that bad. shit. I'd rather Open up the door. I'm throwing myself the fuck out of here. I'm not even. I'm bald. I'm fucking puking on you. I'm already bald, but you know, I don't have to be in the matrix for that. But I'm not eating snot. I'm you eating a, fucking you get a great cheese steak steaks. when you go back to the right. Tap back in. Yeah, don't give me that fucking snot. And then I also got the best slash worst futuristic novelty. So I'm thinking Bruce Willis's short cigarette and the machine that like manages his smoking in the Fifth Element. Okay. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Well, no, I haven't, um, but I know what you're so, talking about. Right. He's trying to quit, and it gives him, like, you know, as the movie progresses, f- progresses, the filter gets longer and longer, and the actual tobacco gets shorter and shorter, and it's timed. I think that's kind of a dope little novelty. I mean, yeah, we have those Self-tying now shoes. with the, uh, the e-cigarettes, except nobody actually weans himself off of them. Well, you can't fucking – it doesn't – I yeah, that's different. I'm sorry. You're wrong, Calvin. Um, so I, I kind of I was kind of lumping that in with the best tech, but there's like there the problem with that is there's so much like actual really good things like the Oasis and the Matrix itself is a piece of tech and the stem implant like all of that is so far and beyond. I like this kind of subcategory of like what's the the kind of little day to day thing that you're using, right? Like, and I, I think the hoverboard, back to Back to the Future 2 again, is really That'd be great. Sweet. Uh, the seashells are bad <laughs> in Demolition Yeah, scoop it out your ass. Uh, yeah, so there, there's some stuff there. I had a strangest product placement. Like, what product feels the most out of place being advertised in the future? That's fucking good. Did you get that from Demolition Man? No, uh, because of the franchise wars. I think Taco Bell could actually win the franchise wars. They would, they would I think fight they dirty. could, too. I, I as went, long as they keep their breakfast up. They would win. Their breakfast is on point. I went to Idiocracy where uh, Carl's Jr. won the franchise wars. There you go. There's there's no way Carl's Jr. is the one that survives 500 years. Uh, is they, it Carl's Jr. or Hardee's where you're from? Um, I don't. We don't have either here. It's it's Hardee's down in Florida, but um, we don't have either in anywhere near me, which is a good thing probably. Yeah. Idiocracy. It also features Pepsi, Starbucks, Costco, those types of things. But those feel like they could they could be around 500 years from now. Carl's Jr. No way. <laughs> I don't know, man. Two for three dollar bacon egg and cheese biscuits. It's fucking life. The people are also named after brands, but the brands don't exist anymore. Like there's somebody named Frito and Formica and things like that. Idiocracy is <laughs> a lot of fun. 
It's a good movie. I like it. And that's that, I think that's pretty realistic that we're we're 15 years away from naming somebody Frito. Like I there's probably somebody named Frito. I mean, there's like a shitload of people named Frito. I think a Frodo. There's a shitload of people named Frodo. I guarantee it. What about for Mike? I don't I don't know. Uh, the other one I had is best and worst future job. That's a pretty good one. Uh, I, robot boxer is obviously up at the top. I mean, that's literally where I would be. Yeah, and uh, any version of future cop is at the bottom. I, I robot Blade Runner cop. Robocop, like no way. There's there's just there's too many new and strange threats to deal with that there's no way that anything going on being a cop is worth it or enjoyable in any way. When they mostly fight dirty, they'll shoot your dick off, man. Yeah. There, nobody, no cop in a future movie looks like they're having a good time ever. Hell no. And they're usually like obese, divorced, fucking truly upset, or getting their dick shot off. Fuck I all mean, that noise. Yeah, Will Smith in iRobot is super obese. I mean, I think he is divorced though. So there you go. I don't think he's divorced. He's just extremely lonely. No, he's divorced because. The, the lady is a psychologist and when he first meets her she's asked him all these questions and he'd be like you should meet my ex-wife or my did my ex-wife tell you to ask me that and he, he keeps making little comments on that there you go there you go so it is all right thanks so, for that Calvin. so the last thing before we move into the succulatives and this is different from the best future what aspects of the future movies do you think are going to bleed into real life within our lifetime I think your point of fucking uh, individualized AI. God, I would love that. Well, I mean, we all we already have like fighting robot shows. Yeah, no, I want the the real rock'em sock'em robots like we see in Real Steel. That'd be tight. And beyond that, I want robots to replace every athlete. Not even maybe not replace. Just have a separate but equal robot league. And at the end no of the season, way, you have your robot champion play your human champion for total sports supremacy. LeBron James would still win that shit at Can like 75. Can you imagine 75. football with robots, though? That It'd be would be boring fun. as fuck. I see that shit no on, way. what, Fox News? Or Fox, they actually yeah, have the, the... the little robot guy. There's, there's this mean... running joke in How I Met Your Mother where they go to watch robots versus wrestlers. And I don't know that I've ever wanted to see a fictitious thing more than robots versus wrestlers, other than the NBA cool. versus RBA championship game that I just made up like 10 seconds ago. <laughs> Steph Curry would get packed at the three-point line yeah. every five the, seconds. Go-go uh, gadget arms, pretty much. They've got Whack. they've got a few uh, older video games that kind of cover robots playing sports. Uh, Mutant Football League exists on the Switch right now. Um, I want to play it, but I haven't gotten into it yet. There, for basketball, there's Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball for the Super Nintendo. Yes. It's terrible. It's one I of the worst bet. games I've ever played in my life. Um, but it sounded awesome. So I went, I found great. it, I tried to play it. It's insane. You you have no idea where the ball is, where it's going. You constantly are like getting out of bounds. You can't shoot the ball for shit. You can't play defense. It's just a mess. Uh, there's also Super Baseball 3000 for Super Nintendo. <laughs> uh, that Not good either. Uh, very weird. So what was the thing you were saying? I'm sorry, I cut you off with my boxing robots because everything comes back to boxing robots. Oh, it was just all I thought was individualized tech. Yeah, or the AI. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we're seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Sort did, of. Did you care to expand? No. 
No, not really. Okay. I just think that's we we kind of touched on most of that earlier. I think it's just going to be really specialized AI that takes Those a lot things. of uh, you know, the effort out of our lives. Yeah. I think that's the the point we're getting to with it. I think more realistically than um, boxing robots, which again, like let's get on that. Elon Musk, what are you doing? Sending cars into space and all this shit? Just get us the boxing robots. It's like I'm listening to your show and I finally got a good idea. Demolition Man is oddly the most prescient future movie that I watched. You think in the so? Last month, yes. Just. You gotta ignore the crazy stuff like cryo prisons, franchise wars, and the seashells. But a lot of the less crazy stuff that's in there, the smaller stuff that you do, that don't like jump out at you, they're pretty spot on. Let me give you a rundown here. They've got computer therapist. That's the thing that exists. Uh, computers use emoji-like typeface to relay messages to people. That's the thing that exists. Uh, cameras and tracking ability on everything. Again, that's the thing that exists. We all walk around with a camera and tracker on us at all times in your cell phone. This is true. Uh, you think about something like they have this verbal morality statute where basically if you say a cuss word, one of these uh, ever all-seeing eyes prints out a ticket for you for saying the word fuck. Um, and that seems outlandish until you think of any large online multiplayer lobby that already kind of uses this type of thing. It, we're just not the government and police force doing that. You know? Yeah. But I'd, be, I'd be pissed, dude. I cuss way too much. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd be getting tickets all over the place. But the 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 technology behind it exists. So we're just not getting tickets for it. But you can get banned from, you know, online lobbies and things like that. And, yeah, you know, a, a lot of conservatives seem to think that we actually live in this world right now where you can't say what you want wherever you want because, you know, Twitter won't let them threaten Congress people openly. But my free speech... And there's uh, Dennis Leary plays kind of this revolutionary character, underground character, and that's what these people think that they are. They think that they're fighting for freedom when really they're just overgrown man babies bitching that they're not as privileged as they think they should be or some imagined oppression because people of color should be treated like people and that somehow if people of color are treated like people, that's not fair to rich white dudes anymore. Yeah, the whole world's going to just explode. Yeah. Fuck those people. Yeah, they can eat dicks. Hybrid self-driving cars. That's a thing that is very close to exist. They exist. They're just not... Um, 100% safe yet. They're not 100% safe and they're not ubiquitous, right? And by hybrid, I don't mean gas electric. They're You can drive them or they drive themselves. Kind of like an iRobot. Um, there's a version of the police force that has been quote-unquote defunded and they don't utilize violence but instead approach situations as needed and apply logic and sympathy to these confrontations you know Wesley Snipes usually got the some... shit out of a bunch of them but well, they usually got some psychological training yeah we can probably find some training. somewhere in between completely militarized and completely soft where Wesley Snipes just guns through all of you yeah no shit but it's Wesley Snipes dude yeah, shout out Wesley Snipes in yeah, for real. Demolition Man uh, they've got interconnected government systems that are super easy to hack. Again, something that exists now. Uh, Zoom-style yeah, no. video conference ca calls. No physical contact greetings. Got that going on right now. Uh, strict I mean, Demolition Man's a fucking on point. I know. Strict gun regulations. Uh, radio stations that only play commercials. Uh, most of the radio is commercials. Uh, a lot of 90s nostalgia going on. 
Sandra Bullock's character is like obsessed with the 90s. Uh, there's a Schwarzenegger pre- presidency, and that you know that seems kind of calm and easy compared to what we just went through. I will take that, dude. He's a genuinely decent human being. Except he can't be president because he is not born a U.S. citizen. So he's more American than well, so many Americans. That's out there. fair, but it's also in the Constitution. So. I get it. I get it. Uh, we have a mass corporate takeover when the citizenry is fearful and desperate. You can't see out. You don't see Apple swooping in to to pick up the pieces of our crumbled lives after this pandemic. Oh, they're coming. I hope Jeff Bezos. A lot of conversations about consent before sex. Like, they, they really have a good, deep conversation about it. Like, 1993 Demolition Man knew what it was doing. I swear to God, they had a, a fucking... What are they called? I was going to say a seeing eyeball. <laughs> that's that's every eyeball. One of the... Uh, I hope so. The crystal ball. And if you're... Yeah, that there you go. They had a crystal ball. Sylvester Stallone and all that coke... Just that combination just fucking made this futuristic movie into reality. Well, and a lot of future movies, they kind of like touch on these types of things or have one or two of them, but they always take it a step too far. Demolition Man, it does it in some cases, but these are like real types of things that that actually sustain and are going to continue to move forward as we move into the future. Like Demolition Man hit the nail on the head with a lot of these things. Right. For a Mm -hmm. dumb action movie, it's really fantastic. You know, there really is more to the dumb action movie than I ever thought until I hit, well, like, my most recent age. Yeah, this one's got action. It's got bad but also awesome one-liners. Car chases, kung fu, social commentary, Stallone, snipes. It's amazing. Sandra Bullock. The only way it could be any better is if they're stealing cars. Or there's fighting robots. Yeah. Both of those things. Stealing cars to fight robots. <laughs> Or stealing robot cars that transform into fighting robots. Yeah, I, I don't think we're getting all this stuff by 2032 as Demolition Man kind of predicted. But Make it happen, dude. this kind of stuff is going to keep bleeding into real life more than anything from The Matrix or, uh, you know, Alien is going to, right? Probably. So shout out to Demolition Man. Yeah, I gotta go watch that shit. You should. It's... It, super fun I've heard alright let's move into the succulatives again we will move through these quite quickly uh, what do you got for the worst vehicle worst vehicle I got the motorcycle from Dread which okay. takes place in 2070 I gotta watch um, Dread again so oh, I fucking love that movie not only does it look really really aesthetically displeasing it looks fucking dumb he gets into pursuit with a van at high speeds they could literally just slam on their brakes and he'd be fucking paced. Like sideswipe him, he'd be fucking over. It wouldn't, Future it wouldn't even matter. Future motorcycles are never a good idea. No, and it can only fire one direction. That's How, not helpful. Like what if what if he takes a turn too fast or he just slams on his brakes and fucking smears you? He's clearly thing, not concerned with any of those things. Well, the thing that pissed me off the most, Calvin, which it probably shouldn't have, is he couldn't even catch up to the goddamn van. It's no. a minivan. With three people in it. It's like falling apart, and he could not catch up to it. Stupid. That's fair. That's uh, a worse vehicle. The uh, spinners from Blade Runner, the flying police cars. Those are kind of whack. It, it flies, but like, what else does it do? It's got a lot of controls and screens <laughs> it flies. inside. I mean, fuck it. You know, it only flies. It looks like it's 
just distracting as all hell to be trying to drive one of those, to be honest. Thank God they're driving themselves. Yeah, there's a ton of shit going on inside the cab of that. Uh, It's got two wheels on the front still for some reason. It it just looks and feels pretty stupid. Ain't having it. Also, in Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, and Repeat, this is an honorable mention, mention, Suckletives, they have to get across the country in some shitty, like, 2004 minivan. So I think that should be considered (laughs) for worst vehicle. That's a great, great movie. It really is. I don't, I don't know that that takes place far enough in the future to actually qualify because it's like it was made in 2017 sure, and it takes place in 2020. Because hmm. the initial alien attack happened in 2019 and then they developed the exosuits and all that and they, they, the main action takes place in 2020. Oh. All right, so for the worst future to live in, I went with Avengers Endgame. Mm, yeah. This is going to be the hardest because you live through the tragedy. You know, a lot of these you future movies, that. we, well, if you're living in it, you probably did. It, a lot of the future movies <laughs> that we talk about, the the character either comes from in the past to the future and, and is adjusting, or they, they're already living in the future, right? They, it's 30 years in the future, but they, like, they developed with the future. This didn't, this all happened in a snap, literally. And it, it would be so impossible to cope with the level of tragedy on a daily basis and just have no answers for it. Because you think the Avengers are out here telling people what really happened? No. No fucking way they're out there telling people what happened. Yeah, guys, we failed, and then half the universe is gone. Oops, you're just, sorry! You're just sitting there with nothing while the world continues to fall apart around you, and then, just when you start to come around, it's five years later, finally beginning to move on, and they're like, boom! Everyone's back. Don't worry. Don't do they're, that. They're fine. Don't give me hope. What did you have for the worst future to live in? Wally. Because yeah, just being a fat piece of shit. I just I literally wrote everyone is so fat and Earth is dirty AF. Runner up is I am legend. Yep, that would be rough. That that was on my list of of potentials, but those vampires are loud as fuck, man, and they can they can fuck off. Yeah. Dickheads killing dogs. What did you have for the worst piece of tech? This one is uh this one was super easy. I chose David from Prometheus okay. because he fucking sucks, man. He He's is a dickhead. Fuck that guy. And it carries right over an Alien Covenant. I watched both of those last night. I I two both in one night, Calvin. Well, so God. I watched I watched Prometheus because it was on my list of things to watch because I wanted to see how the Med Pod worked again. I wanted to see a little bit more David and the ship and all of that. And then I got to the end of Prometheus and I'm like. I, I know David plays a role in Covenant. What does he actually do? And I was just like, I just got to watch Covenant now. And so I did. Yeah, I, I watched Covenant when it first came out on DVD. And I was upset. They don't stand up to Alien and Aliens, but I, I enjoy both of those movies. I like Prometheus, and I enjoy, to a certain extent, Alien Covenant. There's a lot but, of uh, aliens in a couple scenes of Covenant, which is really dope, so... Right, and I mean, the fact that technology has come so far to bring this shit to life. Agreed. Sorry, I had to to yawn there again. (laughs) You need a nap, Nick. Dude, I've been up since 2.30 this morning. Our listeners are yawning, too, after almost an hour and a half of futures that they cannot live in. Let's let's get it. Let's move through this stuff. All right. So, David, yeah, he sucks. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's going to eat dicks. I went back to Demolition Man with the seashells. 
Yeah. It's a bad piece of tech, what? man. Uh, so explain this to me. How so, do you wipe okay. your ass? So here's Stallone stated in interviews that two of the shells were used to clamp and remove waste, while the third was used to scrape the remainder. So you're telling me everyone just has these super solid shits that you, just, you grip from your <laughs> asshole. Right out. And then you, you scrape then the you rest scrape, of it yeah, you scrape the rest with of an off. abrasive surface. It's possibly, you know, remnants of sand and was well, no, they're in they're um they're like steel. They look like they're stainless steel or something. Which I don't know that that's better. That's than the even remnants worse. Of sand, but how do you how do you fucking get anything off with that? That just smears shit everywhere. I don't even want. So thank mm-hmm. you, Stallone, in whatever interview. Also in Demolition Man, all their computer systems have the, a voice output for absolutely everything they do, and that's super annoying. So I got to put that up there with the worst tech as well. Um, yeah, it's one thing that you have to like look at the loading screen, but having a voice just going searching for info, loading info, retrieving info, reading you the info, that's just obtrusive. Get the fuck out of here with that. You know, Stallone was like, you know, I'm just fucking have me stainless steel, fucking, you know, just scrapes off your ass. They read everything to you. I Stallone can't impression. read. I can't fucking, you know, I can't read. Uh, so for the least realistic AI. I went your route, but the opposite of your route, because this is the worst. <laughs> Blade Runner replicants. So these worst? are by far. Least re- realistic? Well, so these are by far the most lifelike. But I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where AI so closely remembers hum- or resembles human experience. And here's why. As pointed out in a lot of these movies, and frankly throughout our own human history, Humans can't help but enslave other things. We fucking yes. love enslaving things. You right. Know, we don't need to go out and create our own <laughs> slave labor core here. And if we, we do, we should it. not make them look like people. Because I don't know how we haven't learned anything at this point that slavery is bad and that the subjugated people are eventually going to get wise to the fact that they're being subjugated and they're going to fight back against it. That's not a good idea when we genetically engineer these slaves to be bigger, faster, stronger, and better in every way possible than we are. And there's a shitload of them. Yeah. They live off-world, but clearly they can get back. And they, I mean, they have guns, too. If, if a being has the capacity to develop, to develop feelings like they do in Blade Runner, how about we just don't force them into slave labor, you know? That sounds tied to me. Maybe the machines in the Matrix are right after all. And all the machines in Terminator and every other AI that's ever turned on us in a movie. Because people kind of suck, and we need to stop turning everything into slaves. I mean, at least the robots in fucking The Matrix gave you, like, an alternate reality to live in that's comfortable. That's Everyone else just fucking smears you on the pavement. So I just – I don't think this is going to happen anytime in the near future. Um, I think we're going to keep getting better and better AI. I don't think we're going to try to make it more lifelike. Because when robots look like people, it's going to be hard to enslave them on a humanitarian level. Well, and then Hopefully. everyone's going to have sex with them. Well, that's the other thing. And, yeah, we'll leave it at we're, that. And we're we're going to have to make sure that we can enslave them. Otherwise, why are we creating this AI? So if they look like people, we're not going to do that. Um, there you go. And it's just – it's a bad plan to create artificial people, send them off world as slaves. Uh, if they return for some reason, hunt them down. And then it's hard to hunt them down when they look like everyone else. So why did we make them look like us in the first place if we can't identify them easily to take them out? Like, if this is the plan, that they might one day come back at us, do all the first few steps, but make them their skin green or give them giant heads. Do something that they don't fucking look like people. 
you should really be a script doctor. I I I just don't I don't see as making real living people as artificial intelligence. I mean, I think a couple of people would try, and then regulation would just derail it. Yeah. What did you have for the least realistic AI? Fucking uh, the robot from Bicentennial Man, which takes place in 2048. <laughs> I've never made this it all AI, through that. That is a long and boring Robin Williams movie. Oh, my God. So this AI is programmed to perform the tasks of a butler. Mm-hmm. But he wants to be human, even though he sees how fucked up humanity is Classic as creatures. Story. Oh, my God. So fucking idiotic. If this was real artificial intelligence or, like, even remotely artificial intelligence, you know, as we conceive it, they'd be like, fuck that shit. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to eliminate you because you suck. Yeah, absolutely. You, you guys are going to try and enslave us, so I'm going to enslave you before you can do that. Pretty much. Serve me, bitches. Um, I completely agree. I tried to watch Bicentennial Man. I was probably like 13 when I rented it. And movie's I was, awful. Well, here I'm coming from. Here's my last few Robin Williams movies that I've seen. Hook, Aladdin, Jack, Patch Adams. All very fun-loving, fun, enjoyable Robin Williams movies. Uh, that one not so much. Fire in there. Then you get Bicentennial Man, and it's just this long, fucking boring robot wants to be a human, and it is awful. Don't watch Bicentennial Man if you've never seen it. Yeah. If you can avoid it, just If you can take any advice from 13-year-old me, it's don't watch Bicentennial Man. (laughs) That's fair, right? All right, so last one here. What is the least compelling problem that could only exist in the future? I'm going to come at you pretty hard. That's uh, having the Oasis from Ready Player One. Because people don't escape reality with headsets, Calvin. They do it with drugs. And and having a giant competition for billions of dollars and being the sole head of a company that makes one of the coolest innovations and shitloads of other tech, that's just – that's not going to fly. I just don't think that would actually be – a problem in the future because if you have these mega corporations or something that oh, yeah. makes technology like that IOI would have won that shit in like a week oh think okay so say if Tim Cook just fucking died and in his will Tim Apple he was just like hey uh, everyone have a competition to see what I like the most and whoever wins owns Apple whoever won would get assassinated in like four hours well not only that Amazon would take over any competition and they would they would find a way to hire whoever's winning or the person who was winning would not be able to win anymore they would just make it impossible yeah uh yeah that i i agree that's that's solid i went with wally i just everyone gets super fat and addicted to screen and screens and lets the ship control their lives for them I don't, I don't find it narratively compelling but i think we're gonna try really hard to, to follow that path and get there yeah, I mean, probably. It's just, it's not a compelling problem that I'd just be like, everybody's fat and lazy. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Get up. Uh, yeah. Honorable mention <laughs> to Idiocracy with the Brondo. Uh, it's got what plants need. It's got electrolytes. I just, like, I know people are dumb in general, but I don't feel like we could go so far off the dumb cliff that we think Gatorade is a viable replacement for water. 
Dude, people think Mountain Dew is a viable replacement for water. For themselves, not for growing plants. Or, like, uh, what happens in Idiocracy is Brondo buys the FDA and replaces all the water supply with Gatorade. Like, I, I just... Because Brondo realized that water was cutting into their future profit margins. So they brought bought the FDA and FCC, enabling them to say and do anything they wanted and replace all water with Brondo. I, I, I just don't see that happening all over the world. Like, maybe one country tries it, right? But I, I don't see the rest of the world letting that happen. Fucking Nestle, they'll do it. Nestle makes water, can. though. No, they're trying to fucking privatize water. If, if Once people say, oh, you can't privatize water, you can't do that, you know, that's a natural resource. So, They'll be like, all right, well, I have this, uh, what the fuck is it, tea dazzle. Tea dazzle. <laughs> but so the other part of this is that when they replaced all the water with Gatorade, they can't figure out why nothing's growing or nothing's working right. Like, all right, if we're dumb enough to let Gatorade replace all the water, somebody's got to go like, hey. It's because we replaced all the water with Gatorade. That's why the plants don't grow. Before yeah. 500 years later. No more plants for you. I don't know. The future is a grim, grim spectacle. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's for goddamn sure. So on that note, thank you for listening to a podcast about something. We will always be here in the future. Uh, we'll live on in our hearts and minds until the year 2108. At least. Nope, 2108, that's the cutoff. And no must. Set the self-destruct up. There you go. Uh, tune in next week as we cover more. You can also listen on YouTube and any of your podcast apps. Leave us a rating and review. Subscribe on whatever platform you feel like listening on. Check out our merch at tpublic.com slash APA something or just search a podcast about something in tpublic. You'll find us. We're there. Uh, there's links in the description, too. You can, you can just click on those if you want since you're already on your phone. Buy something. Yeah, they'll be super tight. Yeah, but the clothes won't be super tight unless you want them that way. Then you can order a size smaller. Yeah, there you go. They fit so nicely. They're, they're so very comfy. Check us out on Twitter at APA something at alone underscore podcast. And as always, thank you to those cats for providing all of the music for a podcast about something. You got to stay sassy. Stay classy. Bye, <laughs>